and we gonna yeah. drink them right now. I've been waiting all goddamn day. I'm so ready to drink all the drinks. You gummy, you gummy, you gummy drinking all the drinks, girl. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. And I am the bloodthirsty Zenobia. Ooh. And I am the lovelasting Lenny. Ooh. 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 What is this? Ooh, what is this? And. Oh my God. I just want to come over there. I just want to, like, just want to bite you. Ooh. Well, maybe I might let you. Ooh. Here on Lights, Camera, Cocktail, we pair amazing cocktails with amazing movies and today is no different none whatsoever because today we are drinking yeah let's get drunk vampire kiss martini okay <laughs> so, <laughs> let's get spooky y'all let's get spooky for our second halloween movie so yeah what you're gonna need is a nicely chilled martini glass and you're going to rim the rim with some simple syrup and some red sugar. And you're going to put one and a half ounce of vodka in this glass and three-fourths raspberry liqueur or chambord if you have that. It was a little yeah, more chambord. It was a little more than I was willing to pay today. So I did not get that. I just got raspberry <laughs> liqueur. <laughs> And then you're going to do about one and a half ounce of champagne, which is kind of impossible to like measure in a jig. So just eyeball it, fill it up the rest of the way. And then you're going to take a spoon and you're going to pour a little of the raspberry liqueur on top. It's supposed to float of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, and that is going to be your drink. So you know me, I don't like to have my champagne open before the show because if I do, there won't be any left for the show. So <laughs> I have my, thank you. I have my martini glass here all ready and ready to go. Beautiful. It beautiful i love that pink sugar and it looks gorgeous right? and i totally mm -hmm. forgot to get sugar and i was like damn it but all i did is go <laughs> up in our like baking box and there was a brand new never open red sugar in there i was like yeah Ugh, mama bracy got you she got me she got me okay so here we go here's the pop Ooh. Oh, that's a nice pop. It's nothing better than the sound of a champagne popping. I agree. Do you remember that one time when I popped a champagne cork in my eye? <laughs> I do. You weren't. I, do. I don't know if you were. You weren't specifically that. That was the day we saw you in hairspray. I I got the the story of it after the the fact. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, I survived. Obviously, I still have two beautiful eyes. So everyone, calm down. So I'm gonna try to float this on top let's see if i could do it i'm not a good person to float anything on top i just i never no, you got this it's super easy no do it as like the lightness of a vampire's kiss okay it kind of sunk to the bottom but i see what uh, the effect was but i dig it though because it the way it drips down mm -hmm. almost makes you feel like it's like the blood dripping down off the chin and the neck mm -hmm. okay my friends i know is the vampire kiss martini? Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Okay, let's see. Mm -mm -mm. Very refreshing. Okay. Mm, she's going for a second set. She's going for a second set. Okay. I mm. see you. Vampire's kiss. That's pretty good. It's tasty. It's, it's very tasty. Good. And you know I'm all about a champagne cocktail. 
exactly. It's all about the bubbles. All about them bubbles. All about them bubbles. <clears throat> all right. So you ready for a little bit of history? Give it to me, baby. <laughs> okay, baby. Here you go. Okay, baby. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of history on the martini glass. Ooh. Mm. It's something that <laughs> you, it's an iconic symbol of cocktails. It is like the really unofficial is. symbol of cocktails. It's a martini glass. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. have been painting during quarantine, you guys. And I have a painting <laughs> of uh, cocktail glasses, different cocktail drinks, like a martini. I have a champagne. I made an old fashioned and I also did a mojito. So in all three of the different glasses, I painted it and it, I think it turned out pretty good. Okay. Um, Okay, guys, I am not a liar. I do not like to, I would never say this, but she's doing such a good job. I am thoroughly impressed with her skills. She is, it's beautiful. I really like her paintings. I'm not mm, gonna lie. I've never been much of a painter. That's never been my uh, thing. You can officially say it though. You are a painter. You're I, really, really I good. I was showing off your San Francisco skyline painting the other day. I no did do deal. a San Francisco <laughs> one. I did like a earth one. I've done a couple, but the very first glass that I just was, painted was the martini glass because how can you have a whole thing of cocktails without a martini glass so um the martini glass was first introduced at the paris world fair in 1925 it's supposed to be a modern Ooh. take on a champagne coupe which is not mm-hmm. a champagne flute a coupe is is that the mm-hmm. one that's like more like boob shaped if that makes yeah sense. exactly it's, it's almost like a big bowl cup Yes. On the stem. Mm-hmm. It's mainly people use, usually still drink a lot of champagne um, cocktails. It's like it's definitely Gatsby style themed looking cocktail glass. I definitely need to get that in my collection because that is one that I do. Oh, they're have. the best. I have. So they're my favorite. Are they really? Okay, so I'm going to have yeah. to look, me, look for some because I have champagne flutes, some that I got from my grandmother's mm-hmm. and her Tiffany house. So, like, but I would like mm-hmm. some, some coops. Coop. They're really cool. So the whole thing about a martini glass is that there is no room for ice. Everything in here is room for your alcohol. And it usually doesn't have juice in anything that's in a martini. It usually has like a splash, like a Cosmo are usually in these. And they have splashes of cranberry juice. But it, usually everything else in it is like solid alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. So you're supposed to hold it with by the stem like you do with any other champagne or wine glass to keep it from getting warm because... You don't add ice to these. You, these drinks are usually shaken or stirred and poured into yeah. glass to keep them cold. The, also, mm-hmm. the big mouth of it is supposed to give you the nice bouquet, the smell of the gin, the vodka, whatever base drink that you have. So you can get a nice little sip out of it. It's all the aerobics. Yeah. And apparently bartenders hate martini glasses. That's like a whole big <laughs> ass thing. I can totally understand because they are very spillable. So all that yeah, hard work, <laughs> the bartender did shaking his shit and pouring it into your glass and you pay them. And as soon as you turn around, half your drink fell out of the glass. So mm-hmm. a server with their tray trying to carry like five martinis mm-hmm. and like splish sloshing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Please. It's a nightmare. Yeah, so martini glasses. Not but so they look classy as hell. Like, they do. let's be real. They do. It gives it gives a style, a classiness to the drink if it comes in a tall martini glass. You just, you can't deny it. I feel like if I get it, anything in a martini glass, I know 
that I can only have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe two. They're usually expensive, too, I feel like. If you're in a martini glass, you're like, mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Fancy. because I feel like most of the time, if, if we ever do a, a drink with a martini, a majority of the drink is the alcohol. Like you do like almost a two to three ounce pour sometimes yeah. when it comes to like, I mean, that's a classic martini right there. So I said it has very little juice. If it comes in a martini very glass, little. very little juice or soda water or something mixer in it. Very little. Mm-hmm. So if there you're you getting go. a mar- something that says martini, get ready to feel your self so we got to be careful i guess we don't have to be careful because i'm looking at my bed once the show's over i could just roll over <laughs> or sleep in this chair i don't care you, I'm, but i'm here it. you heard it folks she's just gonna roll over <laughs> uh, so yeah that's a little bit of her story a martini glasses yeah yes i loved it mm-hmm. yes I loved it. Makes me feel bougie. I like him. Classy, bougie. Ratchet. I'm ratchet. Karen Basket. (laughs) Killed her. Husband. Whacked it. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed them to tigers they snacking. What's happening? Karen Basket. (laughs) Yeah. I think we all weirdly hold that show in highest regards. It's because it was the beginning, <laughs> it's of, it, beginning quarantine. of quarantine. <laughs> the only thing we had to hold on to to keep saying it was this ridiculous mm-hmm. television yep. Damn it, Netflix. Damn it, Netflix. Damn Anyways, so, <laughs> so we're drinking the Vampire's Kiss. Yes. <laughs> and we are watching this. Are you? <laughs> we are watching. <laughs> We already got the giggles, you guys. This is gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, and we I'm full of kisses right now. Mwah. Mwah. So we just got our vampire kiss on, and we are watching Lost Boys. Burr, burr, burr. Ooh, boys! Hello, boys! I, I love them boys. I definitely I love, boys. love this movie. Love this movie. It's such a good, nice '80s classic. So. I, I wanted to pick this one to, to help ease us into the season. Tis the season. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do an October horror film movie or scary movies or whatever, seasonal movies without doing a, a classic vampire movie. And I am so glad that we chose this one. Yeah. I almost did an interview with a vampire. I, I almost wanted us to do Lovers Left Alive. Oh. Which you still have to, you promised we would watch it. You we would watch it. it. We would watch it. We're watching that together. Anyways. I just watched, it's this new Adam Sandler movie that just dropped on Netflix yesterday. Uh, it's a Halloween movie. Ooh. It's called like. I have seen it. Hubie Hall- Halloween. Something like that. You should just watch it. It was cute. It's something that you could definitely watch with your family. It's one of those fun ones that like, it was cute. It wasn't scary. It was fun. He's funny. You know, he's got everybody and their mamas in that goddamn movie. Like it literally dropped yesterday. I just watched it. I recommend it for this weekend. It's one of your Halloween movies. I just added it to my list. The other night we had a blood moon. Yeah, we did. I was on my way home. So I was like, oh, my God, there's just so it's a blood moon. I had to stop and like watch American Horror Story, the Roanoke. Oh, like, Roanoke. I drove through. I drove past Roanoke on my way up here to Providence. <gasps> I know there was a sign for the turnoff and I was like, oh, my God. I kind of would have stopped, though. I don't 
die? Are you kidding? That's how every good horror film starts. Maybe we should stop. No, we keep going. Am I the white girl and you're the black girl now? Did we switch? (laughs) Did we switch? What is this? No, you know that I'm holding out going to those abandoned theme parks just for you, baby, because we're going to write a great horror film based on the visiting uh, old abandoned theme parks. That's like a dream of mine. I know it is. And you have tried to talk me into it for a long time. Right. And I feel like you might catch me on the right day, especially once we survive 2020. I don't, I'm going to give no fucks anymore about anything. <laughs> like, let's jump off this bridge, this building and be like, yeah, bitch, let's do it. We survived 2020. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. So Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Are you ready? Yeah, give it to me. It's time for the motherfucking drinking Game, yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's get drunk. <laughs> All right, so you're gonna take a simp when someone yeah. says vampire. Oh my god, so they say it a bunch. I do. Look, it says here that if you kill the head vampire, all half vampires will return to normal. You'll be like, Oh my god, Michael, you're a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I also love the slang names that they give all the like, oh, you bloodthirsty monster. Look, guys, my brother's not a bloodsucker. Yep. Like, <laughs> sucker. Yeah. Those bloodsuckers, you're undead, man. Yeah, <laughs> all of those. I would take those as well. But I'm definitely mm. taking vampire. Like, I vampire. love when the grandpa's like, this place is great, except oh, for those damn vampires. Like, vampires. And the door like swings closed and opens up. You're like, why did you wait until we moved here and like went through all this? You knew he was, you knew the signs. That's why he doesn't go to town. He gets in the car and he's like, yep, this is as close as I want to get to town. So any of those vampire, take a simp. Okay. You're going to take a simp when someone talks on the phone. Now it's usually the mom calling the house to the kids. Like I like where he calls and. Michael's like flying out of the window. And it's like, the first ah. time Michael starts to show symptoms. Yeah. Mom, I can't talk about it on the phone. It's about Michael. Don't listen to him, mom. He doesn't know what he's saying. Sam doesn't know what he's saying. Ah. Oh, shut up, Sam. Mom, help. Oh my God. He's like, help he's me. He's trying to kill me. Who's trying to kill you? Mom. <laughs> Don't believe him, mom. He's lying. Like, all of it. <laughs> you going to take a sip. Yeah, absolutely. She calls a couple times. I guess she talks on the phone probably the most. Cause, the most. But yeah, just quite a few calls. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a simp when someone says bud or brother. So I guess that's like the 80s, Aww. like, dude, bud. It's like, bud. Because he's like, yeah, we got to stick together, bruh. We got to stick together, bud. And you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I'll protect you, bud. This time I'll protect you, bud. Even though you're a vampire, you're still my brother. You're my brother. Like uh, You're my brother, man. Oh my god. Yeah. You're I would my brother, too. Michael, you're my brother. I would definitely be a sibling that ended up getting killed because I tried to cure my brother. <laughs> like definitely. I would yeah. I mean I would have tried to, you know, work some garlic. Into the vampire cave. I definitely yeah. would have went in the I vampire would've, cave. I would have gone into the vampire cave for either of my sisters. Yeah. That's real love. And I would go wear garlic and go sleep in my parents' room. You've been eating pizza? No. Why? Ooh, you smell like garlic. Are you eating pizza? <laughs> garlic, uh, as this is one of the only films that suggests that garlic doesn't actually work. Okay, no, not really, because I just watched Halloween Town. 
And Halloween Town, the witch on the grandma witch said, "Here, yeah. here's some uh, garlic. Go put it out. It irritates the vampires. Like it doesn't hurt them or kill. Her. It just like irritates them. Annoys irritates them. them. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that." I'll take that. So, but yeah, it it claims that garlic does not affect a vampire, which you know, damn. Well, I mean, he ate, he thought it was salt or something. Is that what he's like? Oh, was? Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese. My son, he grated the Parmesan cheese. Like she's so proud. <laughs> Like, okay, the dude shredded Parmesan. It made me think of when I used to make you shred my cheese for Nacho Mountain. People, she would eat all the cheese before we even got to Nacho Mountain. Like, where did the cheese go, Z? Where did the cheese go? I was literally about to say that grating the cheese is my job. It's her job, but she's really bad at it. It's my job. I'm not a cook. I'm a baker. So if you want me to bake you something, I will kick you out of the kitchen and I'm going to bake it. But if you want me to cook something, my job is to, like, cut your tomatoes and shred your cheese and yes i'm eating the cheese as i shred it like she's eating the cheese as she shreds it but yes he does shred the garlic and tries to coax it as parmesan cheese because that's when he was trying to figure out if uh max uh edward herman Mm -hmm. love him so much yeah okay so you gonna take a sip when you Mm -hmm. see vampire magic done so this is them Jumping off of the bridge. This is them turning the rice into maggots. Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? Or the chow mein into fucking worms. This is them (laughs) using their spooky magic. This is when Star goes from being downstairs to flying and being in their room all of a sudden. Any vampire magic you gonna do. Them hanging upside down in their bat cave. Those uh, his feet. I hate it when they. I hate their feet too. The keeper Sutherland's feet, and he's like. You know how I feel about feet. Not cool. Not cool. If that's what has to happen for me to be a vampire, I don't know. And that's the first time I've seen that. Usually, vampires sleep in like coffins. I haven't really seen them hanging like bats before. No, most of the time they don't. And the cold room, I guess, acted as like a big cat coffin for all of them i get that but i'm rather lay on the goddamn ground than to hang like a damn bat exactly i'd rather sleep in a comfy little coffin i know so any vampire magic you gonna take a sip Mm -hmm. take a sip 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 you gonna take a sip when they talk about the comic book Ooh. take it read this read this i told you i don't like horror comics think of it more as a survival manual there's a number on the back and pray you never need to call us. And pray you never have to call us. You know, that shit. Okay. The Frog Brothers are, like, so awesome. I would have been I their know, friend the when I was kids, too. I would. I love it when he comes and he's just like, I'm looking for this comic book. They're like, there's only four in existence. He's like, actually, there's only three, and I'm always looking out for them. And it's like, oh, shit, he's got the fourth one already, people. <laughs> so I know. Cool. And he makes it seem like... Moving from, like, Arizona to the fucking beach is, like, a step down. I don't understand why you're not the happiest fucking goddamn kid in the world. I would have been like, we're leaving desert for water? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. But, you know, no one wants to leave their friends. I get that. Yeah. So you won't take a simp when someone says Michael. Um, fun fact. You know this, right? Go ahead, tell me. They say the name Michael 114 times in the film. Michael. 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 That's 114 steps. 
you crazy bitch. Do you really? <laughs> Again, I'm going to explain myself like I did last week. I throw those ones in there because you're not going to catch every one. There's no way. If you do, your drink is not strong enough if you can catch all of those. So, yeah. Which they do say his name a lot. They're like calling him all the time and yelling his name. The vampires are saying his name. His mama says his name. His brother says his name. Star over here fucking and screaming his name. Like all of it. <laughs> you won't take a sip when you No, can. no. I had to do massive research on this. Most movie fanatic bloggers were like, it's a hundred times, at least over a hundred times. And one person says, without a doubt, he's like, I watched it. It's 114 times. They say the name Michael. And I was like, Oh my freaking goodness. I'm like, glad you found you the number. Me? I just knew it was over a hundred. Yeah. yeah. No, that's every single every all my research, because I wasn't no offense, but I'm not about to watch this. I mean, I watched it twice. I'm not about to sit there and count like, oh my god, Michael, Michael. Because it's a lot, you guys. Michael, Michael. Oh Michael. God, Michael. Help us, Michael. Yeah, all of them. So <laughs> if you can remember 114 times, take your simps. And uh, please it. let us know if you guys did it and you made it through. I want to know if you did all all of the, the, the Michaels, because there's a lot of them. All the Michaels. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> you're going to take a simp when Michael has his sunglasses on. Oh. Give me those sunglasses. You need your sunglasses talk on the phone. He's so cute with those sunglasses on. Oh, like, oh my God, yes. And that leather jacket, like his hair. (laughs) I just want to say the poster for this movie is so beautiful, so perfect. It is. It shows Mm -hmm. the Lost Boys and a windy type. You know, like if you look at it, you're like, if you didn't know what this was, which I'm sure a lot of millennials don't know what this is, then you look at the poster, you're like, everyone looks really like sexy and badass. Great movie. Love Mm -hmm. it. I know. And those sunglasses do it he's wearing them on that that cover and he's like mm. honestly when you look at that he's almost like not recognizable yeah jason patrick okay you gonna take a simp mm-hmm. when you see a missing person sign oh my god there's so many of them oh my god it's so classic too and laddie is it's him on the milk cart and you're like oh my god terrible i was was watching a a video about a girl back in the 80s who saw herself on the side of a missing milk carton and couldn't read and didn't realize what that Mm -hmm. she was missing but in the video they kept showing like different missing persons posters while they're talking about like the history of why missing children were on milk cartons and the pictures mm-hmm. they put up is like Laddie and like some of the movie, like the missing posters from ah. this movie. And I'm sitting there, Get I'm like, here. I'm watching that movie this week, and they're like fucking on there. Laddie's still missing. He's real, I guess. I don't know, but He's I thought okay. it was the funniest really thing. I thought it was the funniest thing. I was like, I guess he didn't realize that maybe those weren't real missing, and that they. Were I, don't actually moving. I don't know. I don't know. All I know terrible. is that like some of the missing posters in this movie, it's in that video. That's hilarious. All right. So, you go finish your drink. Ooh. When Michael drinks the blood. <gasps> From the bottle? Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't do it. Don't. You don't have to, Michael. It's blood. It's blood. And he's like, no, nah, it's not. Whatever, man. And he drinks it. And he drinks it. Oh my god, that's a perf- that's a, that's actually a good one. Finish your drink with that. I, I like it. I've always wanted to bedazzle the bottle just like that too. Yeah, that's a good one to take a, a drink on. 
because he's drinking. I love it. And it's like, I thought that you had to be bit by a vampire, not just drink their blood. I know that you could be bit by a vampire and drink their blood, and then you are a vampire, but just drinking their blood makes you like semi-vampire, like a daywalker. Well, I've always known that you have to ingest the blood of a living vampire. You just have to have it coursing through your veins. So whether that is through you doing the action of biting them or vice versa, you have to drink their blood. And then you don't become full vampire until you have your first, first kill. kill the, which is normal, yes, right? And which if, is normal. That's normal folklore as well. And if you And that'll give you full transformation. Right. And if you don't take human blood and you let's say you were like, I don't, I'm just gonna eat animal blood, then you end up like Tom Cruise in a fucking interview with a vampire on like weird. Well, because you also because remember an interview with vampire Claudia, she doesn't bite anybody. She they they he has that really special thing that he pierces himself. Yeah. She just drinks his, the blood. So, yeah, you just have to drink the blood. So, yeah. So, see, now what I always wondered is that really because they say that it's David's blood and David even says like it's coursing through your veins. But wouldn't it have been the father, Max, the father vampire, Max's blood since he's like the ringleader? I don't know. I feel like for the sake of this storyline, it should be Max's blood because we have to kill him. Otherwise... Yeah, he has to be the one to die. But what if... Okay, let's just say, since Max turned Keither Sutherland, what was his name? David, David. into a vampire. He bites him, he turns... He's a vampire. David's all turned his little crew into vampires. And they were probably mm-hmm. drinking, you know, his blood, uh, Max's blood. But if he drinks David's blood, he's under David. So if David turns normal... Does that make Michael turn normal? Them all normal. That's what I would think. That's what I would assume. But because this storyline specifically says that Michael can't go back to normal until Max dies. I feel like, but then you made a very clear notion that like, yes, David had coursing through his veins. So then in in retrospect, he is drinking technically Max's blood as well. That makes sense. So then it, it all does stand back from the father figure, Max, the original vampire. He's probably been a vampire for hundreds of years. Like, his vampire is probably dead, you know, like his master. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's another fun fact that the original ending to the film was going to pan and showing a 1920, a 1900s old classic portrait showing Max as a very young looking vampire man. They just shot like the shining kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. I like that because I don't. But they decided they decided not to. I think I would have liked that. You gonna finish your drink? Finish that drink. <laughs> when Star asks for help, so when she comes up to Michael and she's like, "Look, you're not a real vampire yet. You're like me and fucking Natty or Laddie or whatever his fucking name is, Laddie." And that you know we never we haven't drank blood, we haven't had a kill yet, so we are just like kind of we can just hang out. So when she comes up to ask for help. I'm here tonight, Star. I was hoping you'd help Laddie and me. That's when you all finish your drink. I think it's a good one. That's a good one. You are going to finish your drink when Max gets killed. (laughs) Finally, once this whole vampire-y spell is broken. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it's broken. Oh, you finish your old mm-hmm. drink. Finish that drink. Because he, when he turns into a vampire, he, it gets really scary looking. Like, his I is, know. like, real He's scary like, looking. 
He looks decrepit scary. Like half like, what is the Crypt Keeper? Do you remember that show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He almost looks Crypt Keeper meets Spike from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Can I give you a fun fact? Fun fact. Give it to me. Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who is a vampire who's a friend to theirs, is based off of David, Keith Sutherland's character with the bright blonde ass hair. It's like a mixture of Keith Sutherland and Billy Idol. Mick Get Spike. out of here. Yeah, he was the influence for it. I love that. Joss Whedon, stop it. Right, right. <laughs> Which really I would have did too. I would have just tried to pick vampires from all over like folklore <laughs> and just trying to find something to, so yeah, you gonna do that. I, I, I like that. So what do you got to add to my drinking game? Anything? Um, I really would like to add some, uh, like every single time the grandpa makes like a really weird, lewd comment, like I'm gonna see that widow. <laughs> I almost, widow. that's so funny. Cause I <laughs> was look, thinking about adding one for him because I love the line where he's like, looks like I wasn't the only one got lucky last night. huh?" I guess I'm not the only one who got some last night. Like when yeah. his <laughs> grandson comes home, you're like, oh, yeah. grandpa. Yeah, grandpa, like grandpa, like getting. She said, "Yeah, I will definitely." The grandpa is the literally the saving grace of this movie. He makes every time you see him, you laugh. Exactly, he is the comedy part. He is in this the comedy. Dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that's a good one. I'm glad oh. you added that one. Thank you. And then also, I mean, I'm going to want to ask this because I'm just like super love puppies, but every single time a cute cute dog comes on like because so there's thorn who looks like my old dog fish i was going to say i mean but he's just a white german shepherd uh he's not yeah. a, a husky uh no and my puppy was a husky white shepherd yeah but a nook is as a husky as well so we have both of those dogs and every single time they come on i'm like oh cute dog <laughs> Oh my god! But you don't have to. Just like throw that one in there if you. I'm really definitely doing because Anouk is like, yes, bitch. She saved him while yeah. he was in the bathtub. Like even in from the, the bro- from a brother, and that's something that you know that the dog felt that he was a vampire because he wouldn't have never ever in his life attacked him ever. That's why he was like, "What did you do?" Exactly. <laughs> what did you do? Exactly. If my dog t- attacked no- you, I'd be like, "What did you do?" Because I know what did you do? Would never do that. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. Oh. So those are the only two that I would that really stuck to me when I was watching. I'm like, we should definitely drink to the puppies and definitely to Grandpa because he's like a dirty old man, and I'm down. Puppies and grandpas. <laughs> I love them both. Cheers to them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is the motherfucking drinking game. Yes, ah. Mm. Okay. So, are you ready? Oh, 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 oh! Give me them stats. Give me them stats. I'm gonna give you them stats. I'm gonna give you them stats. Give me those stats. Just give me those stats. You ain't ready for them stats. You ain't ready for them stats. (laughs) But I'm gonna give you them stats. Give me them stats, please. All right, Lost Boys came out. Uh. July 31st, 1987, baby. What a beautiful, awesome what? year of yeah, fun. Why? Why? I was born. And so was I. This year is great. <laughs> and you know what else? Woo! Michael Jackson's Bad came out that year, too. So well, fuck that shit. It was an awesome year. Way better than 2020. Yeah, 1987 was lit. 
<laughs> from what we can remember. So <laughs> I'm surprised this movie came out in July, but maybe not because it doesn't really feel like a Halloween movie. It is like a summer because they, they haven't gone to school yet. Nope, they haven't started school. It's a summer school. Because mom says Summer's when summer. school starts. No, things are going to change around this house when school starts. Things are going to change when school starts because he's coming in. And yeah. fucking, <laughs> I never in my life have come home the next day like that and my parents be like, oh, okay, next time you're going to get in trouble. No, my dad and my mom would have fucking beat the shit out of me and mm-hmm. I would have been grounded and I would have just been a vampire in my room because I could I wouldn't be able to go nowhere. That's just, you know, that's my black mama. So. Yep, she loves you. The budget for this movie was $8.5 million, which does not seem like anything in 2020 money. That would be more like $19 million, over $19 million to make this movie, which still does not seem like that much. No, it really doesn't. But the reason why I think it's not that much is because this movie was filmed in three weeks. Three weeks. Get out of here. It was only three weeks. Yeah. So I think that's why it didn't cost that much. Plus, they're children. You don't have to pay them that much. Probably the most person you had to pay were the adults and maybe Keith or Sutherland because he's like, he already did, you know, he was already in like Stand By Me and shit by now. Yeah. So I think that's why it didn't cost that much to make it. It made $32 million, which in 2020 money would be about $74 million. So it made money and made sense. So I made his money back oh. times a lot. So yeah, that's a solid, that's a win. That's a win, win, win. I also think not really knowing because I don't remember 1987, but oh, you don't? I don't, not much. <laughs> um, but I think the soundtrack probably had a lot to do with that as well. And having, oh, and having the chorus sure. in there. So are you- Well, the director specifically got a lot of the artists to sign off to let him do the, all the music and the soundtrack. Yeah. In excess, right? They are an Australian band. And Keith Sutherland, fun fact, mm-hmm. didn't really kind of wasn't really feeling the movie until they were like, hey, In Excess is doing, you know, some songs on the soundtrack. And he's like, what? Okay, I'll do the movie. And so Ooh. that kind of helped him uh-huh. get in it because he had just recently gone to Australia and became a big fan. Ooh, cool. So, Rotten Tomatoes. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so nervous. I always get nervous about Rotten Tomatoes. All right. Critics. 76%, which I think is really good for critics. Wow. That is actually really good. Okay. And okay. the audience, 85%, which is also Ooh. pretty good for an yeah. audience as well. Mm-hmm. But that ZZ Fresh... Yeah. 90%. This movie's great, man. I love it. If anything, yeah. I wish it was a little darker. Like, if they remade it, like, now and made it, like, not stupid, like, lovey twilighty, but, like, a dark, gritty, more, like, Stranger Things kind of thing. I think Absolutely. that it would be very good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I might give it more. But it's super cheesy 80s vampire movie. I love it. Exactly. That's exactly what you want from a cheesy 80s film. I'm Lenny Zest, 90% for sure. Ooh, you, it's just, we, match. It's just, we match on this one. That's what I put on it. I was just like, it, it kind of hits everything that I want for a cheesy 80s film. And it, it's still, it's solid though. And it's funny. And it hits a lot of like a traditional vampire folklore that I love about it. And everyone's goddamn sexy in it. 
Yeah. I loved it. The fashion the is awesome. The music is awesome. The casting is awesome. The location is awesome. The story might have a couple holes in it, but it's still good. That's what I was going to say. There's only, there's one big thing in the story that just kills me every time. And every single time I would, I watch it, I'm just like, I just, that comment and that story itself. One, I don't even understand why she says it in the beginning at all. It's when the mother is talking to her son. She's like, you know, I, Sam, this is a terrible thing to admit, but I think that, um, one of the reasons I divorced your father was because he never believed in the closet monster. I think I divorced your father because he didn't believe in the closet monster. He never believed me, you know? One, why does that even come up? I took it as her trying to make light of the divorce in the eyes of the child, as in being like, we didn't get divorced because of you, which a lot of kids might think, or making it seem like, you know, your dad doesn't believe in the boogeyman is like... You know, I, I took it but more see, as like a joke, lighthearted, trying to make light of all of this situation. But what did you take it as? But see, that's what makes me so upset, though, is that at the very end, when her own son is trying to be like, they're vampires, vampires are real, this is happening. She's not willing to accept or understand it either, which is something that she criticized her own ex-husband for. Like, you ain't going to listen to your kid now. Like, this, I thought this hmm. was why you were different. And it makes me so angry because she's still fighting it. So very, the house is trash. There's like ectoplasm vampire bile <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. And she's like, what are you guys talking about? No, this is crazy. I'm just like, no, that, like, that is not, no. <laughs> and that is the reason why I'm at 90%. That's the Lenny's ass right there. I'll give you that. Thank you. That's because it's the only thing that irks me. It just irks me so hard. She was joking because there is no boogeyman and there is no vampires, but okay, there are definitely there are there's a boogeyman and there are vampires. I don't know who needs to hear that, but that needs to be said. And just don't listen to Z, okay? <laughs> just that 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 is definitely a, a PSA announcement right there. Then I'm done. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I would just take a loved one's seriously if they said something was real. Right? Like, if you're looking at me and you're telling me that specifically, I'd be like, I trust everything you fucking say. Like, there is not even a joke about it. And if you are if you are a vampire and you are listening and hearing this, uh, give me a call. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the stats. That's the stats. I like them. Can I, like, start us off real quick? Because I just have a whole character in this movie needs to be discussed yeah give it okay who is this near and dear so santa cruz <laughs> is the location <laughs> for this movie it is the backdrop of all of this shit it is beautiful it, it sets the stage for everything <laughs> santa cruz but before we start about our santa cruz story which could have ended total lost boys I'm gonna just, it could have ended like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on this so in the 70s and early 80s Santa Cruz was the murder capital of America is it true that uh, Santa Carla is the murder capital of the world? this is true <laughs> um, the movie claims it but I'm, it was true and this was due to a bunch of serial killers that were basically hanging out around those parts then so they were running <laughs> rampant and they were kidnapping and killing people and they decided to film the movie here 
because like in that time there were 28 murders in 30 months that's how many murders were going on in santa cruz which is not that big it's not huge no santa cruz isn't that big of a town (laughs) for there to be 28 murders in 30 months that's like practically a murder a month yeah there was like three or four serial killers roaming around santa cruz area at that time the bay area the northern central california area like so that is kind of why they decided to pick this spot so our director picked this spot because he went there and saw that there was nothing but you know transient kids hanging out there and he kind of thought like hey if i was a vampire this is where i would hang out too Mm -hmm. like blood suck santa cruz (laughs) santa cruz beach boardwalk in the warm California sun <laughs> boardwalk. If you are a Bay Area person, you probably have heard Santa that. Cruz boardwalk. Boardwalk. <laughs> Come on this Sunday. We got smashing pumpkins on the beach. Like, you know, there's just like random. Santana's gonna be on the beach featuring war. Like, and you're like, oh, okay. Santa Cruz is not that, that far from San Francisco. Me and Lenny met and Mm -hmm. a friend of ours wanted to go to Santa Cruz for a concert. A concert. And none of us had cars back then. We were like, we were just fresh out of the dorm. So none none of us had cars. And so we all got on the train, took the train to Santa Cruz. We did. We got a hotel that was pretty shitty but we we, put all of our money together to get this hotel room we had no money money. whatsoever and they had to you had to put a credit card down in order to get a room and so so we had someone so one of us put it on the credit card and the other two had to like scrounge up enough money to pay for this actual room that was so sad and then me and lenny walked in there and booked the room signed it we was only supposed to be two of us but there was going to be five of us yeah. And so we did it and they were like, nobody's allowed in to this. just you two. We're like, okay. Yeah. But more of our friends came over and we pre-gamed in the hotel room and then we went to the concert. And it was totally fine. Everything was fine. Fun, fine. One of our friends got super shit faced, so we sent him back to the hotel room, our hotel room, to just like sleep it off until we got there. Yeah, just sleep it off. He didn't feel good. He had he needed a little safe haven place to like relax and chill out. And he brought some friends that did some stuff, got some loud, basically drew major attention to us and got us kicked out of the hotel by the time we came back from the con- hotel, uh, concert. And we're like, tw- we're like 22 year old babies. Yeah. Like there's two cute little 22 year old girls like, please, we don't have any way of going home right now. Like, do not kick us out of this hotel room. We don't even have enough money to get another hotel room. It was terrible. So... After we got kicked off, we basically roamed around the streets of Santa Cruz like these street children that you see in this movie, trying to find somewhere to sleep. We called everybody that we knew that was close by or had a car, and nobody could come or would come to get us. It's me and Lenny and three dudes, and we're walking around Santa Cruz (laughs) eating at Taco Bell. We went on the boardwalk where this went on the boardwalk where all, most of the stuff happens in this movie. That huge yeah. over by where that huge wooden roller coaster you see in this movie. That's where we hung out for a while until oh security God. kicked us off. We sat on the beach a while until security kicked us off. 
We walked to a park and we all huddled together and slept in the park like fucking street children. It was like, drinking whiskey to keep us warm. Drinking whiskey to cold. keep us warm. Me and Helen ran into somebody, met someone who gave us weed to smoke because we were just so miserable and sad. So sad. <laughs> oh, and those were the days. And ever since then, we've just been like, man, fuck Talk Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I have been back to Santa Cruz since then. We both of us have a dear friend we, who lives there, but I've never been. Mm-hmm. I haven't been back to the boardwalk since then because <laughs> I have. I have gone back to the boardwalk and have made pleasant memories since that horrific. I had evening. pleasant memories prior to this, where I went on all these rides. <laughs> I walked into the comic shop. You know, I did all the fun things that you're supposed to do on the boardwalk. Yeah. But yeah, that that's Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. We, we lived the the Lost Boys tale for sure. We just we didn't have keep keepers other around. We Thank did God. definitely talk about how we were going to get attacked by vampires. though. I we do did. remember that we vividly. We talked about it the whole night. Literally we the whole like, night, oh we were God, like, we're, we're about to get, get attacked by vampires. We're gonna get bit. Like right now, this is gonna happen. It's gonna we're gonna be they're gonna turn us. And you know what? I might not say no right now. I might not say no. I definitely would not have said no at like twenty two. But no, just please. Me. Someone just offers me immortality. Okay. Okay. <laughs> A definitely. cute vampire boy is like, here's the, here's immortality. I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Santa Cruz is in the beginning of Northern California and the end of Central California. That's how I kind of feel like it is where it's planned. Yeah. But it's on the coast. It's like a perfect little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's lovely. I, I totally think that people should go there once quarantine is over. But like, it was fun. And it was beautiful. And the whole time I was thinking about this movie and a lot of things still look the same. Yeah. At least eight, well. nine years ago when I went. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to give that story i love that thanks for sharing i was wondering if we were going to talk about freaking santa cruz that night but i mean the entire film itself like i i really do miss the that coastline Mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful that whole entire area is just so lovely it's it's like the perfect dreamy-esque kind of small town small town alternate world feel and then you get like hit with this horror element of it and you're like god damn it no like it's so beautiful (laughs) their vampire lair is my favorite well i do like the jim morrison poster in the back which is Mm -hmm. awesome especially since they do have his song on there people Mm -hmm. are strange when you're a stranger and so, like, I think their lair was cool, too. I would have hung out there as a vampire teenager. I would have hung out there, please. Star's little room. I'm, like, down. I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. 28 murders in 30 months, you guys. That's insane. That freaks me out. <laughs> and it's literally, it's that, not that big. That it's, li- it's not that big. It's not like you're, like, ooh, you live in New York or mm-hmm. L.A. or Miami or Detroit or something like no it's like a small ass little beach town that's really not really that close to much Mm -mm. and that's a lot so no it's beautiful Mm -hmm. that's a lot well let's jump on in and talk about the director of this beautiful film let's do it who's our director girl Joel T. Shoemaker he is he is the one that said that this movie was not 
what it is today until he went and scouted locations and found Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I, I love that we, uh, I don't remember us talking too much about him because he wrote The Wiz as well. He did. We didn't really talk about him because he did write it. And we usually don't really talk much about the writers unless it's part it, yeah. of it. Yeah. And there was a lot to cover when we were talking there about There was so much to but, cover. But he's did also one other favorite movie of mine, uh, St. Elmo's Fire. I really, that was another classic 80s film, which, fun fact, there's a Rob Lowe shout out. In Sam's room, when you see him, I'm like, dang, look at look at Rob Lowe looking all sexy. <laughs> yes. I got two things on that. Oh, okay. One, this movie is also seen as like gay erotic movie of like lusting teenage vampires. And one of the kind things Kind of that, always with vampires, yeah. And one of the things that they point to is the Rob Lowe poster on the back where he's like lifting his shirt up on the door or whatever. And that is one of the signs and that that, you know, it's a group full of like teenage vampires and nobody really jumps stars bones. But I feel like they already Mm -hmm. all have fucked her a bunch of times. Like, that's why they vampired her. That's how I feel. That just could be me projecting. But um, that's kind of how I always felt is that like, you know, she probably sleeps with all of them because there's only one of her. And um, and uh, the original script for this movie was different until we got our director because of Saint mm-hmm. Elmo's Fire. So originally the script was about to, was supposed to be about fifth and sixth graders. It's going to be more Goonies style. That's why it was Lost Boys reference to Peter Pan Disney. Boom, did it three weeks in a row. challenge accepted yeah and so once the director changed over because it was uh, richard donner who did goonies he Mm -hmm. stepped back to do lethal weapon so once joel took over he changed the feel of it because it was supposed to feel more like kids little peter pan lost boys age and like they named a bunch of the characters in this movie after Peter Pan characters, mm-hmm. like David's name was supposed to be Peter. And a lot of the other guys were supposed to have Lost Boys names. Michael and Sam were supposed to be Michael and John, like Michael and John mm. Darling. Yeah, from the, the brothers. The brothers. And their mom's name was also supposed to be Wendy. Oh, but they changed it to Lucy. Yes. Interesting. And one of the, the dogs, I'm not sure which one, was also supposed to be like Nana. I think Nanook was supposed to be like Nana. Oh, their dog oh, that's so cute mm-hmm. so oh, that's it, really cute it wasn't until joel took over and when he took over he was like no nah, girl we need to make this dark i want this mm-hmm. sexy because like vampire movies are sexy frankenstein mm-hmm. is not sexy a werewolf is not really sexy vampires are sexy teenagers are sexy so he wanted this movie and so mm-hmm. at St. Elmo's Fire, it was a very big influence in how, how he was going to do this movie. Mm-hmm. I like that. Big influence. And I also like it because it's almost like a little Easter egg, like the director putting an old, like the movie he just did prior to the movie he's doing now. He put like a little Easter egg in it of St. Elmo's Fire with Rob Lowe, that kind of thing. Well, there's another Easter egg besides that one, if you want to hear it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not the other Easter egg. Okay, so Richard Donner, who did Goonies in 1985, like I said, he left production for this movie to direct Lethal Weapon Weapon. in 1987. And in the scene where in Max's video store, you can see the Goonies in the background. And not only that, 
But in Lethal Weapon 1, when you look, they're like buying hot dogs. And in the background, there's a movie theater. On the marquee, it says Lost Boys. So yeah. there's two Easter eggs for you right there. Mm-hmm. Nice little connection. Yeah, I'm a fan of both of these movies. So I definitely am going to be looking out for that one when I watch Lethal Weapon next. Yeah, I love it. Goonies never say die. Never, bitch. <laughs> Schumer is also responsible for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he is a, a director of questionably one of the worst Batman movies. Yeah. Ever. Batman and Robin. Not the best. Poor Batman and Robin. But um, Joel, he didn't really decide to be a director. Until he was in his early 30s. Yeah. So he was mainly like a, he was really into like costume design, which makes sense because I really love that he directed Phantom of the Opera and the costumes in that movie are fucking fantastic. The reason why he got the job for Phantom of the Opera was because of this movie Mm -hmm. and for the fact that he spent a lot of time working on videos which me and Jason have talked about before, that videos is a perfect way for directors to get their kicks in, their marks, their dukes, because literally you have to tell a story within like three and a half minutes. Um, yeah. You have shots, make it look beautiful. It has to be cohesive and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. that's a great place to get started. And Joel is no different where he got started and he did like NXS videos and Smashing Pumpkin videos. And he, he did a lot of different movie or videos plus this movie that is very musical in some ways i don't know how you could it, it's very musical even though it's just the soundtrack in the background it's and, just but i mean sometimes the soundtrack to a film is like it, it is a character itself it's so important yeah we talk about that a lot in quentin tarantino movies he does make his yeah. soundtrack a key part of his storytelling and so that yeah. is why he got phantom of the opera is because of his work in lost boys Ugh, it all interconnects. It does. So yeah, he he Joel has has been in the game for a long time. He's mm-hmm. done movies like you said, Phantom of the Opera, Batman and Robin. He did. He worked again with Kiefer Sutherland in uh, Flatliners. Flatliners. He's directed some episodes of House of Cards. Those were his final days. Right? Those were his final days. He did. He directed uh, number twenty three with Jim Carrey. Ooh, I love that movie. I do love that Jim movie. Carrey was fantastic in that film. He also directed Keith Sutherland again in Phone Booth. In Phone Booth, that's right. That's with Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. And uh, he directed one of my one of my favorite movies. And I definitely would love to read the book because I've I've never. Never read the book, but A Time to Kill, mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson and uh, Matthew McConaughey, Sandy Sandra B. Bullock, yeah, Sandy Kevin Spacey, Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. So he has done oh. a bunch, like The Client, like mm-hmm. he. You can't even imagine how many movies that he's done. He's done Falling Down with Michael Douglas, which is a great nineties uh, movie. He Car wrote Wash. Car Wash. Wait, like the 90s one or the 80s, 70s one? In this 1976 oh, car wash. He did the original car wash. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote it, baby. He directed one of my favorite songs, Kiss by a Rose. He directed that video. Get out of here, he did. Yeah, so he's done so many things. You've definitely, 
if you're a movie fanatic like we are, you have seen things that he has directed and written. Like we already talked about The Wiz. He wrote it for the film. He He's yeah. really good at what he does. And um, unfortunately, he just recently died of cancer. This past summer. Yeah. Of cancer. June 22nd, 2020, at the age of 80. So, yeah. I didn't hear about that until right, I started he, doing this. Yeah. Cheers to, a, to a, a legend. Yeah. He is the reason why Corey Feldman's character is the way that he is. Ooh, fun fact! You ready for a fun fact? So I love this fun fact. Go for it. Corey Feldman, who plays... Edward, Edward. Frog. You had to say it like that. You had to... Edward Frog. <laughs> like, his voice is Edward Edgar Frog. And the reason is that is because Joel told him, like, look, your character needs to be more tougher. So I want you to watch a bunch of these 80s action movies and kind of, like... Get a feel for this. Your character thinks he's an 80s action film star. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. And so he's watching, Mm -hmm. you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Steven Seagal and all these other... Rambo. Rambo. All these people out here. And this is the voice that he came up with. It was so good. That is also why he has the red bandana across his head because mm-hmm. he's like Rambo style. So yeah, I, I love that that was a note that he gave to him and that Corey, like he took that note and ran with that motherfucking shit. Absolutely. I thought it was so good when I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I can see it. I can really see it. He is like every single epic action film star like rolled into one perfect little Slayer. I'm like, you are like the ultimate little vampire slayer. <laughs> he is. And that is why he does go through all of the Lost Boys movies. We don't ride with vampires. We don't ride with vampires. Fine, stay here. We do now. Yeah. I guess we do now. I guess we do now. You get in the car, bitch. It's now get or never. Yes. So there are uh, sequels to this movie. Have you seen any of the sequels? I have not seen either of these two sequels. I have not. Have you? I have definitely saw the part two, which is Lost Boys, The Tribe. The Tribe. That came out in 2008. Uh, It was on Netflix one time, one October, and I watched it, and it had nothing to do with the first movie. Like, you could watch all those and be like, how is this connected to the first one? I don't know. It was was very (laughs) B-rated, and... I took it as whatever, and it was whatever. But there's also Mm -hmm. a Lost Boys, The Thirst, that came out in 2010. So Corey Feldman is in both of those. He's the only character. He stars in both of them. Yeah, his character. Yeah. And in the third one, The Thirst, in 2010, Alan Frog joins him. So his brother joins him in the third one i have not watched that one that's just something that i heard that he joins but yeah if you want to watch these straight to dvd movies go right ahead i don't care because i didn't i saw the second one and i was like but there was talk of a third one did you know about that i like another one yes yes i yes i was really concerned because this one actually sounds really freaking good to me the lost girls yep I really, so they had started talking about this. Joel wanted to do this film back in the nineties because he wanted to keep a bunch of the uh, original cast, like bring star back and um, bring the boys back. And 
it never got picked up for some reason. It never happened. I love this concept and this idea of doing the Lost Girls. I I really hope that they do do it. They're supposed um, to be like biker kids. We get to be in it. I uh, know how freak. That's so like. I mean, ah, it sounds so good. Yeah. And what I thought was really freaking cool is that. So you know how David, played by Kiefer Sutherland, at the very end of the film, when he dies, he doesn't get stabbed uh, in the body by a wooden stake. He gets stabbed by the deer antlers. Yeah. So I read that they had actually done it like that because he wanted to have David survive the attack so that he could come back again in The Lost Girls. But then the movie sequel was never made, so then it never happened. So it could still happen, it, maybe. But Kiefer is like really old now, so hey, it wouldn't really hold up with vampire lore. If they could make Will Smith and Robert De Niro look young, they could do it. <laughs> Your face says no, they can't, girl. Well, Will Smith is legitimately like a demigod. I mean, he looked younger. Did you watch Gemini Man? Gemini Man? Hell yeah. It's on, what was it on? It's, it's, it's on, on HBO Max? Or Max? Oh, it's on Hulu. Something? It's I don't on, remember. Maybe. It's on something. I just watched it recently. It, yeah. yeah, no. It was good. I liked it. See? And they made him look young. No, they made him look young. They could do it. You're right. They could do it. We watched The I Irish mean, they did Man, it and they made fucking, they made Robert De Niro look young. And they made Kurt Russell in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like and his, his, was very, his was really good. I know. Damn. Marvel. They can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move into um, our two main leads. Let's do David and Michael because, one, these two men are best friends in real life. They are. And, and then, two, they're both just like, both have really great characters that are super strong they're they're throughout the entire film they're constantly bat- battling with each other i think that they're in love with each other and in real life they're both second generation actors oh i didn't know that i so like that who do you want to talk about let's do Kiefer. all right jack bauer jack bauer <laughs> as i know him as jack bauer Kiefer sutherland his dad donald sutherland is also mm-hmm. Known as President Snow to me because I love Hunger Games, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. known as like a cajillion things. You've seen Donald Sutherland before. I don't know if they ever worked together. That would be pretty cool. They both have very signature voices, mm-hmm. and I believe Keith or Sutherland's mom is an actress as well. Yeah, Shirley Douglas. Yes, Shirley Douglas is his mom, and she's more into like Canadian film though. Yeah, but both of his parents are actors. He is a twin. Did you know that? He has a twin sister. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, Keith Sutherland, 24, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just in a lot of things that I like. Melancholia, Flatliners, for sure. A Few Good Men. Stand By Me. I mean. I mean, yeah, classic Stand By Me. He's on that television show Designated Survivor or whatever. I haven't watched it. My dad watches it. He is My like, mother watches it. Everybody has died except him. I don't remember what his position is in the White House, but it's pretty low on the totem pole. But he's mm-hmm. the only one left to run the country. So he's like, I've never wanted to be the president. I never planned on being the president. And now I'm the president. And he's like a good guy. He's not like, you know. A bad guy, which a lot of times we get Keith or Sutherland. He's either that or he's saving the world one day at a time in 24. 
But like you love he, hate him in twenty four. He's fucking jack. He can't do no wrong. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. So he's done like a kajillion things. I can't even. So like, wait, but I'm I'm torn though. Jason Patrick. Mm-hmm. Should I know who his parent? I feel really bad that I don't know who his parents were. Okay, one that he's a second generation actor. I did not know his parents, and out of both of them, I only know one of them. For reals. Okay. Okay. So, Jason Patrick, his dad's name is Jason Miller. Wait. Do you know who Jason he is? Jason Miller from The Exorcist? From The Exorcist. The head Stop priest in The Exorcist it. is his Are dad. Are you kidding me? That's yes. his mother? Yes. I get, I'm shocked. And I almost get picked that movie this, this year, too. So, that would have been very interesting to have, like, father-son in, like, one season. But definitely, that's his, his dad. We will talk about him next Halloween. <laughs> Because Exorcist, why not? That came out in yeah, 1973. Um, his mom's name is that. Linda Miller. I really didn't recognize anything that she was in except the most one of the most recent, which is 17. Again, the Zac Efron movie. She plays like a female janitor. Um, so she's been acting through the years as well. But she doesn't have a movie like The Exorcist where like as soon as I know your name, I'm like, oh, shit, that's your dad. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty big in that. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know why he has the same name. Exactly. I don't really know what's with the Patrick, where that came from. Yeah. Um. Probably just so he can make his own way. Makes sense. I would change my last name too if I was famous. Yeah, that's so. To make it off it, but if I couldn't make it, then I would definitely go back to like Sutherland. (laughs) You know, like. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's his parents. That is so cool. I love Jason Patrick. I, I really love him. I actually, not only in The Lost Boys, I fell in love with him during that movie Sleepers with him and Brad Pitt. And fucking Kevin Bacon, bitch. And, and Robert Kevin De Niro. Bacon and Robert De Niro is the priest. So out of our two um, leading mm-hmm. vampires, what did you think about their yeah. performance? Do you know that Keith or Sutherland has like the, the least amount of lines out of any of the leads? He barely talks. Yeah, can you believe it? I didn't. I didn't know that actually. It, it never really registered with me. Um, but yeah, he has the least lines of all the leads. But his performance is so extraordinary that like it just doesn't even phase me. Like I don't even think about it. Between the two, Kiefer is a legend. He's classic. I... Oh my god, when he bites into the skull of that guy's head and it rips off. What? It's the bonfire scene when he's like Michael. Initiation's over, Michael. Time to join the club. <laughs> now you must join us. And his, I was like, oh my God. his eyes in this movie scared the shit out of me. His hair is perfect. It is like the best mullet I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And I don't like mullets. I hate mullets. I think they're ugly. If you have a mullet, please cut it off. Unless you're <laughs> doing it for just being funny. But his mullet in this movie is just so. Perfect. It's perfect. Bleach blonde, spiky, perfect mullet that I don't even give a shit he has one. He looks badass yeah. in his like leather on his little bare bones fucking bike. Well, I got a little bit of a fun fact about those eyes of his. <gasps> These eyes do 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 cry okay, every night for you. Okay, good. I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> so what's really crazy is that now with all the technology and the way things are, you can get contact lenses super easy to like transport your eyes to like 
all black, all white, cat eyes, wolf eyes, whatever. But back Shark then eyes. in the 1987, yeah. they didn't have those kind of special effects style makeup and prosthetics that we love today. So they used glass contact lenses to make those eyes, those amber. Yeah. Which were unbearable. Apparently they hurt constantly. They rarely ever had to keep them in for too long. And you know, the one part where the vampire gets stabbed when they're all hanging upside down and Kiefer Sutherland like screams and then he like shows his face and there's like one single tear rolling down his eye. That actually was a real tear from the pain that Kiefer was experiencing wearing these contact lenses. But the shot was so beautiful that they kept it in. It wasn't from the sun burning them? No, it, was it wasn't from, anything. It I was always from, wondered about that because that was such a good... Who was glass in their eyes? I know that's how contacts lenses used to be. like, But yeah. like, hey girl, how did anybody ever live with those? How do you live with glass in your mm-hmm. eye? I, they said it was unbearable. I understand Absolutely because that's kind of how what happened to Michael Jackson during Thriller. Oh, it's like a couple, right. it's a couple years before this. Um, mm-hmm. But he had the fucking contacts in his eyes too. And he was talking about how fucking his was like yellow werewolf looking eyes. And it yeah. hurt like shit. So mm-hmm. damn. I know. No. Like the pain that artists have to go through sometimes. But I mean, it was, I mean, their eye, he looked amazing. Like that's why he never said no to wearing them because he knew how beautiful it looked it and like does how really incredible beautiful. it made the character. Yeah. But you know what? It, that hurts me right now just thinking about putting glass contacts in my eyes. I know people did I that. Know. I know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. But how? That was real. How did they like, yeah. how did you live with that? I'd rather wear glasses. Fuck that. <laughs> Because just putting, like, regular, like, flappy plastic after a while, your fucking eyes hurt. I mean, I think that's all they had to work with at that point. It's unbelievable the way things have advanced. But that's why, again, like, going back to the two characters, I think that's why I love David more and Kiefer Sutherland more. Is that, like, I feel like a lot of torture is in that character. And also, why the hell is Michael always sleeping all the time? Like, I get it. He's turning into a vampire, so he's, like... And tired laggy and like tired and whatever like he's sleeping in the corner of the room he's sleeping in the back of the car it's like wake up michael we need you in your vampire superpowers and then all of a sudden he's like oh oh yeah like evil vampire too and like him and keeper are like flying at each other in I the big that. house and they're like ah, a big vampire bye i mean i feel like he's sleeping because yes he's turning he's sleeping mm-hmm. because he's off when everybody's up in the daytime, early evening, that's when he's supposed to be asleep, not yeah, up. That's true. And so he's like double up at night, double up at day. Like I get that he's tired all the time. Plus he's he's changing. But yeah, I think that he did a good job. He was sexy as fuck in those sunglasses, his hair, his leather jacket, Oof. his little teenage poutiness. Where she's like, "Are we friends? Hey, aren't we friends anymore?" Sure. Sure. Does that mean uh, we are or uh, we are? We are. Well, then let's act like friends. Let's talk. He's like, yeah. She's like, okay, let's talk like friends. Let's talk. Let's, like let's friends. talk. And he's just like, Bitch, I'm tired. <laughs> like he's so straight up. And I love when she makes him take his sunglasses off, and he like cannot meet her eye. Won't like, look at her. He will, yeah. not. he will not. So I'm Team David. Are you Team Michael? 
I'm Team Michael because damn Gene, I want to put my fingers through that curly dark hair. <laughs> and that like damn. that Michael and Star sex scene was hot. I liked it. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. Star. He was a good guy. He didn't want to he didn't want to die. He didn't want to mm-hmm. like kill somebody. He loved his brother. He did love his brother. Little little Corey Haim. Corey number one. Corey number one. I mean, he's Corey two to me because I like Corey Feldman uh, better. Oh, okay. We can call him Corey number two. We can call him Corey number two. (laughs) I mean, in this movie, he is a star over Corey number Feldman. (laughs) Corey Corey number Feldman. Feldman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the first uh, Corey's movie. I know. This is the what the start of the t- two Corys. This is the beginning of the wonderful two Corys stint of the 80s and early 90s. I mean, obviously, Corey, I feel like Corey Feldman was a bigger actor because he had, like started like Goonies and Stand By Me, like very yeah. big, like and uh gremlins like he had been in some and gremlins because we've already talked about mm-hmm. Corey when we talked about our gremlins episode yes and i don't know he was just he's just always been my favorite you know he's a solid i i love him as an actor i love him as a human being i think it's it's really beautiful how he stands up for actors rights and he's not willing he's never he doesn't ever want to compromise himself for what he believes in yeah and i admire him for that i really really do I have seen him once I, on the streets of San Francisco the, like, first yeah. month I moved to San Francisco. I'm, like, crosswalking, and I look over, and whose car stopped with, like, two bitches in the convertible? Corey Feldman. And I was like, oh. I love that. Yeah. I wish I would have gotten into watching the TV show The Two Quarries, the reality show. Uh, that would have been a really interesting show to watch. I watched a couple episodes because, like I said, I love mm-hmm. the Corys, but um, I'm not yeah. a big reality TV show fan, so I don't really stick with them much. Mm-hmm. But they did, after doing Lost Boys, the next year they did License to Drive. License to Drive together. I also love Corey uh, Feldman in The Burbs, which is one of my fucking oh, atomics. yeah. One of my oh fucking favorites. Oh, my God, favorite. yeah. They also both were in Dream a Little Dream. Oh. And what else? They were in another like I think they were in two more together. I can't remember. But they've been in quite a few things together. And I feel like he's the one that shows up the most. He did keep this Lost Boys legacy alive for some reason. Yeah. And he also has a band with like it's like Corey Feldman and the Angels. They've come to Riverside before and performed. I missed it, but I heard it wasn't the worst. So I would have definitely gone yeah. if I would have been able to. He is an activist for, like you said, children in Hollywood's rights. And I know. I feel really bad. I just got swept into this because I didn't realize that there was a new documentary out this past year in March of 2020's documentary, My Truth, The Rape of the Two of two oh, did it, oh, it came out already? Okay. So he's it been working came- on this documentary for years. years. He's been talking about it 
nobody will get it funded. It was just like one of these really labor of love documentaries. So now that you tell me that it's out, I'm definitely going to go and watch it because he's been talking about this for like the past 10 years of trying to do this documentary. And he's been silenced by a studio reps. He's been attempted, like murdered. I think last year he got stabbed. Like, you know, just like a lot of things have happened. And I believe yeah. everything that Corey says. I truly do believe that, you know, children are not safe in Hollywood, especially back then where they could have been yeah. raped and, you know, molested by different production people, uh, people in the cast, actors, uh, actors yeah. you know, anything. Directors, producers. You know, yeah. And both of the Corys suffered that. That's why this documentary is called The Tale of Two Corys. Um, wow. So, yeah, if wherever it's streaming, tell me where I need to go find it because I, I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. Yeah, I can't believe it was released. I didn't realize. I really didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't. But know, it just popped up. It's a quiet release. They, they, you know, they don't want, Hollywood doesn't want this shit out, but I want Corey's, you know, shit heard. So I, I, I feel him on that. And it sucks. And I appreciate him. Yeah, he's a solid. So we could talk about the other Corey, Corey Haynes. Yeah, he has been in also a lot of fucking 80s and early 90s movie. He was a teen 80s heartthrob. They were for called, sure. Yeah, they were called the two Corys or the Corys. Um, yeah. You know, I think they were both little cutie pies. Their acting is good. I especially love his acting in this movie. Uh, he, I know. He is so good at. Just being that well, little I brother. I him and Lucas. Yeah. Him and Lucas with Renata Ryder. I mean, that damn. That was a good one. I don't know if you know that he is a Canadian. He's from Toronto, Ontario. Hey, Canadian, eh? Yeah, eh? But then he made his <laughs> way down here to the sunny California to be an actor. And it kind Classic. of took off. Yeah. They kind of made, both of the Corys kind of made some bad decisions when it came to their careers and partying and drugs and girls and money. So their careers kind of petered off in the beginning of the 90s. Yeah. I remember him in Team Beat, though. Uh, Tiger Beat. I love the Corys. They do great job. And they instantly clicked on set. This is their first movie. This yeah. is their first, like, real hangout. They instantly clicked. They were, like, really good friends. Their vibes translated on film as well and people noticed that plus their names are Corey, so people were like we can make money off of these these poor children by yeah clumping them into like six movies through a decade like together and they did it gave us a lot of good and they were a duo that was, they were an unstoppable duo they had really great comedic timing you can tell that they just had a good time together and like trusted each other yeah and just and that's why they end up having their own reality show in the Early 2000s, mid 2000s. 2007. Yeah. Um, and they, they just kind of went from there. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. it was not Corey Haynes' time. He passed on. He passed away May 10th, 2010, at the age of 38. Yeah. He, he long struggled um, with uh, drug abuse. Both of them. Yeah. And he unfortunately succumbed to it, which was sad. But he will forever live on with these beautiful movies. And especially this one, because I love this movie. I know, and this one's so good. You ready for a fun fact? Fun fact. Give it to me. Every year at the... Boardwalk! 
<laughs> Every year at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in the warm California sun, they played mm-hmm. this movie on the beach for everybody Aww. to come see. I've always wanted to go to a Santa Cruz concert or movie on the beach because they do have them a lot often, especially in the summer. They have like a bunch of people come through. I doubt this summer. Yeah. I doubt this summer had anybody, but it definitely. Although it would be an outdoor movie would have been a really great social distancing uh, activity, to be honest. Be safe, social distance, but still have fun, you guys. We only have one life to live. (laughs) We do. But yeah, that they still show the movie there. I don't know if they did this summer, but ever since then, they have showed the movie every summer on the boardwalk. Also, I would like to mention how Corey and his brother have their names. There's Edgar and Alan, Mm -hmm. as in Edgar Allan Poe. Uh Very cool. Very dark. Clever. I like that, too. I was like, okay, okay. I like that a lot. We're doing, like, cool names. I kind of wish that, So Edgar Allan Frog? <laughs> yeah, that was where his real name. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know where the frogs came so from, but that's it. I kind of wish that they would have kept the Peter Pan names for everything because that was kind of. It would have uh, yeah, that would have really tied it, it in. It. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. Just, just like a few, one, a couple little shout outs. Jamie Gertz, who plays Star in the film, I'm obsessed with her. I love her. She's classically known for for me personally. She's Dr. Melissa Reeves from Twister. I was about to say Twister. I gotta go. We got cows. We got cows. Her accent is so cute in that in she's that movie. So cute. That's who I think. Of, you that's love what her, I think even of though she's the other woman. Like you still just have so much love for her. She's so cute. Um, she she is awesome. No, she's amazing. I love her. Just giving her a shout out. The what I think is amazing was Star was supposed to be a male character. They made it a female because there were just there weren't enough female characters. And Joel was like, "We need to have." I see this character Star as a female. Um, so it was really cool that she was cast in the role, and I thought she did an amazing job. Even though she's so conflicted, you can tell because she. She tells everybody, like, well, she she admits to Michael, you were supposed to be my first kill. You're supposed to be my first. That's what David wanted. You were supposed to be my initiation Mm -hmm. to be a full vampire, but she couldn't do it because she loved him. So I loved that. And I just love her. I love her so much. And I was really happy that she's in this show, this movie, because she's just really beautiful. I do have a fun fact about her. (gasps) Give me a fun fact. The beginning of her life, she wanted to be a figure skater. But it wasn't until she got the role of Dorothy in her school's Wizard of Oz that she mm-hmm. got bit by the acting bug. And was like, this uh-huh. is kind of what I want to do. If I'm not mistaken, she was picked up by like a talent search person. Oh. And she's just so gorgeous. Like, I would totally see if she was a model and she got picked up or something because she's she's just very beautiful, very eighties beautiful. Yeah, well, she because she was a child actress too, right? She did an episode. She was like in different strokes. Oh dang! So then, yeah, so she has been. I mean, she's young in this movie, so she started a little bit before this. But she's she kind of, she got mm-hmm. her acting bug. She realized this is what she wanted to do, and you know, she focused on it. She is probably the richest person in this movie. Because she's married to a billionaire. 
And her billionaire husband and her own the Milwaukee Brewers baseball Damn, team. Damn, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So she, the reason why we don't see her much in acting is because her husband has bank and sh- they have three <laughs> children and she's just living her fabulous rich ass life, which I'm so jelly. She still looks really good today. Um, mm-hmm. And her and Jason and mm-hmm. Keith Sutherland are still friends. They're all still friends. I love that little tidbit too. Yeah. They're still really close. They, they must've had, I mean, it, you tell me it's only three weeks of filming, but they just must've had the best three weeks of their lives. Cause they all three stayed friends. Well, Corey Feldman said that this was Way like the, his favorite time filming anything ever was making this movie. That's amazing. Which means like, damn, girl, That's you're amazing. telling me the Goonies wasn't as fun. You got to do booby traps and got to see a pirate trip. And that wasn't as cool as Lost <laughs> Boys. But I guess it's not. He, he I had some that t- movie. I guess not. Well, probably because he found like his best friend in this movie. That makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's true. It's a movie that changed his life. Yeah. But Jason, Michael, in the movie. Yeah. He was on the old Broadway back in 2003. He played Mm -hmm. Big Daddy and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which I can't really see. He doesn't strike me as a Big Daddy. No, not at all. (laughs) I would think that he would be Paul Newman's role. Oh, yeah. Paul Newman is his best friend. Yeah, I feel like, you know, he's more of that role type than Big Daddy. I don't know. He must have pulled it off on that old Broadway. <laughs> Here's another fun fact that you're, you're going to love. I hope that you knew this. Though. After oh, yeah. years and years, they finally made a comic book after Lost Boys. They you know, did? They really did. <gasps> the comic book that you see in the movie is not a real comic book, but they did make a comic book about the Lost Boys. It adds on to the story of the movie. The characters uh-huh. and like what happens to Santa Clarita or whatever the fuck the name of the fake town is. Santa Clara. And there is a whole book of the sexy sax guy. You remember in the movie where oh, he's all sweaty and God. shirtless and he's like the saxophone? Yeah, Tim Capello. Yes. Well, he has his own like chapter in the Lost Boys comic book <laughs> universe. And his oh character God. is called, like, a believer, and he helps, like, good vampires or something like that. I don't remember, or to, like, kill vampires. I don't know, because I've never read all, all these things, but the sexy sax man who's on screen for literally less than a minute, who I always think about when I think about Santa Cruz and the Lost Boys Boardwalk, has his own comic book. So if you are... Yeah, it's DC Comics. Yeah. DC Comics released it. This is amazing. Yeah, I found that and I was like, oh, I hope Lenny doesn't know that there's a comic book I'm going to buy her for Christmas. <laughs> oh my God, it's so cool. It was released in 2017. This is so cool. Right? Pretty cool. So if you are a graphic novel person. <laughs> this is cool. Oh my gosh, everyone. I will be reading this. This is on the next on my list. Right? I, I thought you cool. thought that would be cool. Thanks, babe. I love that one. Oh my God. Okay. A little bit of a fun fact. Um, what I thought was really interesting and I noticed there was no continuity was that Kiefer Sutherland's character, David, will sometimes be wearing his really cool, badass uh, motorcycle gloves. And then sometimes he wouldn't be. And I was like, what is this? Why is this happening? And it's because during filming, he was horsing around on that motorcycle and Kiefer Sutherland actually broke his wrist. 
And so they had to put gloves on his hands to cover the fact that he was wearing a cast. That happens so much on these movies. I know. So anything, like anytime as a character before he's wearing the gloves, it's, he hadn't broken his wrist yet. And then when he broke his wrist, they start, he started wearing really cool gloves. <laughs> I never even noticed that. Damn it, Keeper. <laughs> Young kid. It, it, it caught my eye because I was like, those are fucking so cool. Because I was thinking about the costuming and like what I would have to do if I wanted to recreate his look. And I was like, oh, shit. His gloves. They are, they, why? What's going on here? It's crazy. So that was a little bit of fun fact. Do you want to know who could have been in this movie? It seemed like these people were 21 around that time as well, but they mm-hmm. would have been mm-hmm. up for the role of Michael. Yeah. Ben Stiller and Jim Carrey. Stop it. Yeah. I can actually see Jim Carrey doing it. Jim Carrey, a couple years prior to this, did uh, First Bit, where he was also a vampire. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. I think Ben Stiller looks a lot more like Jason, so like he probably would have gone with it, but I don't know. I'm kind of glad that he didn't. Ben Stiller said that he was in the waiting room with the Corys and Kiefer. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. You want to hear a fun fact? Give me a fun fact. Okay, so apparently this is something I noticed before I actually did research on it, but all of the blood mm-hmm. in this movie has glitter in it to give it a shimmer shine. I know you said- <laughs> So when they like kill these fucking vampires. The first time when they're yeah. right after leaving the cave. And they're I'm watching covered it right in now. glitter. Yeah, I'm watching it right yeah, now. They literally are, just got in the car and they drove off after like, oh, after st- uh, stabbing Bill from Bill and Ted or Ted from Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Whatever one is. Is it Bill? Alex Winter, yeah. Yeah, once they killed him, they got showered in glitter, and they're just, like, out in the sun, just shimmering, like. (laughs) Before we uh, stop talking about this cast, let's just kind of talk about Alex Winter, who plays Bill and Bill and Ted. Just Mm -hmm. because Bill and Ted Face the Music just came out. Face the Music just came out. Did you watch it? I sure did. It's so good. And I'm like so ready for, you know, another Bill and Ted with their daughters because they were fucking cute. I know. I'm ready. It's so good. But he did a great job. He does a good Mm -hmm. job. This was his first like big movie, even though he doesn't really have He made a really big comeback. I mean, he's been really laying low on the scene. To have him come back and do uh, the third installment of Bill and Ted, I was like, whoa. This is really cool. Because I read that he <laughs> uh, he kind of stepped back after doing Bill and Ted because it was so intense. And he also has gone on to do things other than acting. He also directs and produces things as well. So, you mm-hmm. know, we might not see him in front of the camera, but we do it, see some of his work. There's some HBO, I think it's a documentary called Showbiz Kids that he uh, directed with a bunch oh, of... Cool. Uh, kids who were actors a lot of them we know i cut them down to see that i know being a, a kid actor yeah i'd be really interested to see that it's probably one of the toughest um other than just being a regular actor and they you had to have like a lot of psychological toughness to get to get through doing that as a kid for sure 
I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Yeah, no, I love Alex Winter. I loved him. And if you haven't seen the third Bill and Ted Face the Music, go watch it. It's so good. It's amazing. I think it really holds up. It holds up. It holds up really, really well. And, and with the appearances of all of the old cast members, like it's just, it was wonderful. They're the best. The characters say so strong to like who they are. The actors did such a good job with that. Who's yeah. that other actor who plays Ted? Okay. Oh, he's some unnamed dude. His name is Keanu Reeves. Keanu. Oh, yeah. Keanu Reeves. He's amazing. <laughs> we should give him a month, huh? We should give him a month. <laughs> 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 Bitch, we are towards the end of the year, so you have to wait till next year before there is ever a Keanu month, and it comes the month. Keanu! So Keanu! If, we, if we do Keanu month, does that mean that I can do the movie Keanu? <laughs> okay. I'm Does down. that count? I'll give you that. Since it's named I'll after him? Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. Let's talk about uh, Edward Herman. He is a phenomenal, a phenomenal actor. He comes from one of the strongest theater backgrounds. He, His presence, unfortunately, he has passed on. Love, love him so much. And anyone you've spoken to, anyone that I know in the industry, if they had worked with him or even met him, he had a presence, a gentleness, a kindness that just it went all over everybody. And I've heard that. I've he, heard that he was he, very sweet. He was a very sweet, such a professional individual. Uh, I mean, his pronunciation, his charisma, just in everything, even though he's the bad guy in this movie it just he's so strong you want to believe him you want to trust him he's just such, he looks like such a nice guy but he ends up being like the king of vampires and you're like no <laughs> but i mean he's just he worked on in the london west end production theater he's been on broadway uh he's won tony he won the tony award he just he's a phenomenal actor i think he's amazing i personally am obsessed with him i love him in the show gilmore girls i know zenobia, <laughs> I know zenobia doesn't like it when i talk about gilmore girls because i talk about gilmore girls a lot because i love amy sherman paladino but i didn't say amazing. shit okay i just want to put that out there my sister-in-law and my niece they love that goddamn show i am not <laughs> white enough and i don't have that bond with my mom don't be mad at me it's not even, i'm not mad at you i'd never be mad at you i thought it's cute that you get mad that i love gilmore girls so much it's the gilmore girls the characters i do know that he is their grandfather he's the rich ass motherfucker he is he's mr gilmore he is mr gilmore and he is an insurance salesman uh in gilmore girls and he i personally like my first memory of him would be an Annie. He plays FDR in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he also is in Overboard. He plays Goldie Hawn's rich husband who, like, pretends that he's like, yes. I don't know her, and he leaves her there. He's in, like, everything, though. Like, he has these little parts in almost everything. He's um, in the original Great Gatsby. Oh, was he? He's He was in Richie Rich, right? Is he playing his dad? Yep, he's in Richie Rich. Uh God, he's in everything. He's in my boyfriend's back. He's in Nixon. He he has been in so many things. Um, probably the last oh. thing that we remember him in is Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Um, he plays a small part That's in so that. Cool. But mm -hmm. oh yeah, he is in How I Met Your Mother. He's just been. He shows up all over the place. You've definitely seen his face. All over before. the place. 
You've seen him, The Good Wife. Yeah. 30 Rock. He's even, 30 Rock. He's that's right. He was in 30 Rock. He has a, an astounding reputation in Hollywood as being just a professional, beautiful, solid actor. And everyone wanted to work with him. Like, even if it's just a small part, people wanted to give him that small part because they just want to have just a little bit of a mark of him on their show or their film or in their production. And I'm glad that we were able to give him a little shout out. Yeah, because he plays such a convincing character. You don't believe. Don't you don't know. Yeah, you don't know if he, he is it. or if he isn't, because he's such a sweet guy. And you're like, that's just the boyfriend, the mom's boyfriend. Why are you tripping? Like, you just really. But like, exactly. I love when he Michael's leaving and and Max is coming in, and he's like, "Well, you're the man of the house, and I'm not coming in until you invite me. You're invited. Thanks very much. I won't come in until you man invite of the house. me, which." Only is because he's a vampire and he can't go in, in anywhere yes. that he's not invited. So definitely that line always sticks with me where like nobody has ever in my life said that to me, like in person. Because if yeah. they did, I would think no they were a fucking says, vampire. No one actually says, you need to invite me into the house. I'm like, um, you're a vampire. You're a vampire. Yeah. No, you can't come in. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh-uh. And I never knew uh-huh. That if you invite a vampire in, that you lose all power to vanquish him. So that's why the holy water didn't work. That's why, uh, like, the reflection in the mirror, he still had a reflection. It's because he was always invited. Because he had been invited into the house, they lose the power to, like, vanquish or, like, tell that he's a vampire. Which I thought was really interesting. I never knew that. Wow. Vampire history that I didn't really realize. That's a good one. There is a fun fact. Lucy... AKA the mom who we didn't talk about because literally we just talked about her. Uh, we just talked about her in Practical Magic. Practical Magic. We can just give her a nod about how awesome she is. But she yeah. does mess up at one point in the beginning. And instead of calling him Max, she calls him Ed. <gasps> Stop it. I didn't notice that. It must be hard mm-hmm. when you like off screen, you're like, what's up, Ed? How you doing? How's your wife? How's your mama? Mm-hmm. And then like, you're like action. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Ed, oh. Oh, shit, oh, you're Max. Like, I get it. I get it. It is a little tough, but um, yeah. Well, we should also. Well, we should also talk about. We 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 also didn't talk about Bernard Hughes, and we just watched District Two. Oh, that's right. He plays the. He's the the lead dude in that. Okay. He's the he's the he's the father. He's the father. You are so right. I forgot. I I didn't even put two to two together. You got me, girl. Yeah, he's Father Maurice. We. It's hard when these casts are so big and they're, they're so, so good. Yeah, we, we can't hit everybody, but we definitely did. He was in Sister Act. I think that he did a great yeah. job in this movie. Like we talked about, he is the comic relief in this movie. He is the comic relief in this movie. I, I mean, do- all the taxidermy that's happening, it's so weird. <laughs> yes, very weird. I do have a fun fact about him real quick, though. Fun fact, give it to me. Fun fact. Grandpa was not in the original script. We could have had a really? whole script without his ass. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a movie without him. Right? Yeah, wouldn't have been a movie without him. Literally, his last line is like, it makes the fucking movie. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. Damn oh. vampires. Like, you know, you're like, oh, <laughs> why didn't you say that? <laughs> How um, did you not tell us this before? But he's also in Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Mm-hmm. Fox. He plays like the doctor in the town. You've seen him yeah, in so many things through, especially through like the nineties and probably even older shit that I don't even recognize. But he, I mean, he was really big in theater as well. He really started out his career on stage, won a Tony as well. 
So he's been, oh my God, he's been in everything. He has some of my favorite yeah. lines in this movie, so I'm glad that he's Yeah, in it. there were a lot of good lines in this film. What's your favorite? Hit it quick. I'm at the mercy of your sexy, your sexy glands, bud. Mm. Oh yeah, he's like, where are we going? Oh, you're chasing the girl. Where Come on, I'm the mercy of your. I'm at the mercy of your sexy glands, bud. I love that line. Who says sexy glands? <laughs> I thought he said sex glands because he's like, you know, a teenager who's like, his hormones are like fucking raging. Oh, maybe it's sex glands. Maybe I mis misheard it. <laughs> Uh, that's a good one i definitely love anything that the fucking grandpa says anything grandpa says anything grandpa says he's hilarious but um it's a good movie yeah. to start your halloween season off with it's not too dark it's still fun mm -mm. the soundtrack you guys i if that you are a big into 80s metal band kind of like music then go ahead and get your Lost Boys soundtrack, which I do have. I was basically bumping it before we started the show because yeah. I love, like, they made some songs that were for this mm -hmm. movie that are just so encapsulates this time period and this, like, essence of this movie. And I love it. Cry, cry, little sister. Hey. I love that fucking song. Oh, shit. Oh. I know. Or the shadow ones. Oh god, there's a lot of bangers on here. Spotify yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of whatever. really good. Put it on in the background while you're just like getting shit together for Halloween. I'm all out. Right. I'm all out. Yeah. We good? You got anything else to say about the Lost Boys? No, it's a solid movie. Go, you guys should watch it. Kick off your vampire week with the Lost Boys. Kick it check off. it out. Check, 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 check it out. So are you ready for Z for the people? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so this week yeah. I picked the National Foundation to End Child Abuse and Neglect. Now, the reason why I picked this one mm -hmm. is because the majority of the cast is children. And because mm -hmm. one of the leads in this movie, Corey Feldman, is strong against child abuse especially child abuse in hollywood so yes. i totally picked this one for that reason i feel like it connects i don't know we should all be against child abuse and neglect <laughs> that should be that should yeah, go without saying in general but people aren't exactly so this um foundation the national foundation to end child abuse and neglect their job is to fund research on this to help children who have been hurt help with their treatments if they are suffering mm -hmm. something really bad help with child services to replace the place them in different homes but right now they're doing a crush can fundraiser i guess going on and together mm. we're crushing cans the hashtag crush cans challenge is raising awareness and funds to end child abuse and neglect can that's where can comes from so join us yeah. the national crush a can day, which is from September 27th through October 30th. So that is right now. Right now. Spread awareness about child abuse and neglect by raising funds for our mission and crush a can, donate, and let's do some change. So if you want to do a picture on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever you're going to do, go on this website, which is also 
endcan.org. End as an E-N-D can.org. And it has more information on that. But if you want to have a crush canned and hashtag it for awareness, that would also help out the foundation as well. Right on. Yeah. Crush a can. Make a donation. Make a donation. And recycle that can. And recycle that can. (laughs) (laughs) Because children are being abused in Hollywood and not only in Hollywood, but just in the world in general, which should not happen. So. No. That is my Z for the people. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Oh. You want to tell the world what movie we're doing next week? So we are going to be doing the movie It. Oh, I can't <laughs> fucking wait. Oh, my God. 2017 It. Not that we don't love Tim Curry, but 2017 horror thriller classic reimagined Stephen King novel from 1986 and it's going to be amazing oh my god so get ready people I hope you like clowns I hope you're afraid of clowns because we're going to get clowned out oh my god no clowning around we're about to get scared crazy oh my god oh my god and we're only going to stick with chapter one we're not doing chapter two just chapter one so yeah yeah so check that out get ready people because we getting into it ow Oh my God, we made it, you guys. We made it through the Lost Boys. We made it through the Lost Boys. So to listen, well, you're already listening, but to tell your friends, you can listen to us on all platforms, Spotify, uh, Podbean. Castbox, Podbean. You can like us on Instagram, our Twitter, on Facebook. We're all over that. Check it out. Me and Zenobia are on it all the time, giving out fun movie facts. We love talking to people, asking questions. You guys should interact with us because we have a good time on that Instagram and Twitter. And also, message us, DM us, or email us at Lights, Camera, Cocktail, no S, at here. If you have any requests that you would like us to talk about, to see any fun facts about a film that we haven't mentioned that we need to know, we appreciate it because we love all the crazy fun facts. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us tonight, getting drunk with us, and listening to Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Oh, thank you for drinking with me, girl. I love you. Go take your bath. One last. last. (laughs) That's one of my favorite lines. I'm sorry. I just really throw that. Go take your bath. Go take your bath. (laughs)